2: ah yes ladies and gentlemen welcome back to veterans minimum at veterans minimum on social media your boy lamb here joined with his very you know i like that color shirt on you thank you bro yay yeah, yay by the way yeah tim is here what would you say like, that's like a light purple it's M? a magenta purple's my color
1: bro It's what i'm wearing to my wedding too it's yeah. not a magenta yeah wearing silver and purple like a motherfucking boss like the goonies you know how we do and i, I got i got some uh <laughs> i got some shoes yo these shoes yeah, They were $300 originally I got them on sale though Let's get it Why anyone would pay $300 for shoes Is beyond me Probably because You I'm, can pay 300 Yeah if, if you can I guess you do it But yo these shoes are fucking Yo fucking you know what
2: I would never pay Buenny. Even if And I know it's easy to say it Because I don't really have money like that But I would never spend money on glasses Glasses yeah Sunglasses no Do you know
1: what's funny bro That's like my only Like I don't have a car I don't buy sneakers like that I, The only thing I splurge on Is I have like Six pairs of sunglasses
2: So like you spend like $400 on a pair of nah, shoes Nah
1: nah nah the, the most I've ever spent On sunglasses Is 225 For a pair But he
3: has six pairs though So he's a quantity guy Where he has a lot of different I
1: got options Yeah, so yeah I, got options. Options. I got options I got options
2: Yeah. So like, for me I just feel like They're easy to lose And easy to like break
1: That's cause you never Spend $400 on one Ooh. I, I promise that's you If point. you spend that If you great, spend that money
3: point. You're not losing it And you're not breaking that's it That's a great point You yeah. put them in a fucking case Yeah like the
1: umbrellas too Like yo the shitty umbrellas, I lose all the time. I bought myself a nice $30 umbrella.
2: I've had it for like two years. Nice. <laughs> Very <laughs> underrated, yo. A, a nice good umbrella. expensive umbrella. Yeah. Yo,
1: that's uh, something that you must invest in. A good umbrella.
2: You know, you know what's
3: crazy, bro? How is it 2019? And And they haven't developed a better invention than the umbrella. How is
1: the
0: umbrella the way we keep
3: water off us? talk to me, man, because (laughs) I've been saying that for a long time. How? Like, yo, get on this shit. I'm literally just holding a piece of material above my head. Deadass. There's so many other variables that go into the rain. I could watch an
1: Ethiopian woman get pounded right now on my phone in three seconds. I can't be protected from the rain? (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I mean, Ethiopia is far away. That's what I thought about <laughs> Ethiopia. No, you
2: just saved yourself because I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> Chinese,
1: I can see a Chinese woman eat live. I mean, eat barely cooked chicken right now on the internet. But I can't be protected from the rain.
2: Can wear like a poncho. What was? <laughs> but then what about the shoes?
1: You need shoe ponchos too.
2: You gotta do it the the ghetto way where you put the plastic, plastic bags. bags over your shoes. Oh, I used always. to do that when I would wear my sneakers and I'd go to school. Yep. When it would start, like if it if I got to school, high school, and it was it wasn't raining, and then when I was leaving, if I had like my J's on or something, I'm fucking walking around with bags on my feet. No,
1: I feel like that's such a, a New York thing. Bro. Yeah, like yeah. everyone used to come to school bags on their shoes, like anyone. Or you'd have about them with shoes. you. Like I would have them with me, yeah. just in case. Uh, now nah, oh it's like, God. chill. I don't wear the
2: nice sneakers Jeez. in the rain.
1: Oh man, good times. That <laughs> simpler school, times. Bro. yeah, for real. Do you, you know what? Yo, if there's any high school kids listening right now. I'll take this from a 38-year-old I'm a 30-year-old man 30. And a 28-year-old That's why I got I got confused How old are you now? 27, 20, 27. Just seven It's All the stresses That you think you're under right now They're not that bad Facts It gets worse later Facts <laughs> Just to Facts. let you guys know Real stresses come later And I'm sure that Once I'm 40 I'm gonna be like Yo, all well, the 30-year-olds You okay. don't know shit yet Yeah That's true
3: That's how it goes in this life I gave We gave the advice of working In the food industry Hospitality industry Word. To young people a couple weeks ago Yeah
2: Yeah I, I feel I feel like Everyone should work In the food industry Service or, industry Or something that Involves tips Right like I I think you get a new And a different Appreciation for things yes. Like someone giving you Four dollars Goes a long way Yeah, Especially when that's The only way that you Make money yep. Like when I used to Deliver pizza If someone gave me Five dollars I was like Pfft. Hype Take Thanks, a tug lady. You know like <laughs> I was so happy But then when they Would give me two dollars I'd be like Damn son you know, but it's like, yo, you you appreciate it completely different when you work like that.
1: Yo, my brother used to be the worst at math. My brother, Johnny. He used to n- never pass his math classes. He used to go to summer school for math all the time. It, and then he became a waiter because, you know, my brother's a musician at Johnny Petrop. If you want to check out his newest song. So he has to make his money somehow, and he decided not to sell drugs. So he's a waiter. He sells, <laughs> he sells alcohol instead. And Where does he work? He works at Trestle. Nice. Yeah. So he now give them the bill splits it up no 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 time give them the give them the math does it in no time all of a sudden you gotta you gotta figure out all right I'm getting this many tips this got this is the average it, it, they tip more on this day this type this type of table tips more this many people I serve today so I got this much money all of a sudden it's
3: it makes it it makes a difference and I also say you know it's it, it, the truth is it's not what you know it's who you know and when you work in those type of environments and atmospheres, you're all you're doing is meeting people left and right. Yeah. Fast. So it's a great way for a young person to network and meet a ton of people because you're believe me, you know, believe this when you hear it. Uh, as you get older, networking is very important. Yeah. So yes. you
2: know, bro, folks. I've been to so many Super Bowls because we give people eggs and shit. Yeah. A network like that, you know? You wait, tables, you meet people at the table, course, you bartend,
3: yeah. you meet people at the bar, whatever
2: yep. the case is. Also that's learning how to deal with people that's another like, thing
1: i was a cashier at key food when i was 16 17 even then like you got to interact with someone you got to just be comfortable with standing in front of another stranger look at them in the eye and just You're doing right. some business i think every every young person should experience that yeah i just know?
2: highly recommend you working in in the food industry service, service industry, industry yeah. something that something that the majority of your money comes from tips yep. not so much like what you make on the hour yeah all right all right west afc West. just, just like this podcast Mm. shout out to the patrons afc west uh you guys know the deal if you've been listening additions subtractions storylines we're doing both west divisions all right let's start off with the afc uh i'll start this one off yeah
1: i think you have the best one i think
2: yeah i mean it was kind of the obvious one yeah i'm going with antonio brown yeah and i remember we were putting we tried our best to you know pull the curtain back a little bit we tried our best to not have the same ones like every now and then we might agree on one but I put this in the chat the first thing when I saw we were going to do the West Divisions. I was like, "Yo, give me A B. I don't know what else I'm doing, but <laughs> it really I did. just need If, so if look, you go
1: back to last episode, Nick was hurt last night. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and but he's like, "Yo, but just so you know, Antonio Brown. All right, later." Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll send you guys the rest later. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the thing, right? For as bad as it was in in Pittsburgh, how how it ended, this guy still was elite. Yeah, he's still one of the best wide receivers in football. Wherever you want to put him in your top five, I'm not gonna disagree with you. He now not only is this a big addition for him going to Oakland, this is also an organizational addition. Like, yo, Derek Carr, son, you can't tell us that oh, I got no weapons because we spent big money on A B and Terrell Williams, right? House Tyrell. And we also got uh and we also got you a first round running back too. Yeah. So you're getting a guy who has proven that He could put up big numbers when he has a top-tier quarterback. Now, Derek Carr, are you a top-tier quarterback? I don't know. You were that one year, but you've been kind of average to below average ever since. So, A.B. going over there, probably one of the biggest additions any team made this offseason. Look, this guy's an all-pro. And, sure, his antics are kind of suspect, and he's kind of a diva. But that's what you get with a wide receiver. I've said this many, many times. the wide receiver is a very unique position. My success solely depends on another guy getting me the football for me to get paid. So that's why they bitch and moan when they get three targets and one catch for 17 yards. That's just how it is. When you break huddle as a football team, if you guys ever played high school football or any any football, who breaks the huddle first? The wide receivers. You're always on an island by yourself. You're the fur- furthest away from your huddle. That's just the nature of the beast in that position. So I'm going with Antonio Brown, biggest addition in the AFC West.
1: One of, one of the ways in my high school football team that the defensive coordinator would tell us to to try and identify the defense, I mean, identify the offense, and what was happening is if that wide receiver goes in the huddle, looks disinterested, and then leaves before everyone else because you know he's not going to be involved in the play. Yeah. That was, that was a big tell. Well, that's a
3: halfback dive then. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a big tell. Um, my addition is teron matthew i mean look i talked about him last episode i'm not going to go into it again like i did last episode but i think his leadership is the number one thing i want to talk about the chiefs defense overall on paper it looks like the chiefs defense got worse right because they got rid of uh justin houston they got rid of uh d ford they got rid of um uh what's his what's his name uh Tamba ali they got rid of eric berry Right, So all of a sudden, these people who were stalwarts for that defense for so long are now gone. So your first reaction is probably, oh shit, how are they going to survive? Especially because they were a bad defense last year. Well, they got younger, they got faster, and they got a leader that can be all over the field and play two positions at once. When you see a guy like the Honey Badger, uh, you see a guy like this in Eddie Jackson with the Chicago Bears who makes such a big impact because he can cover so much. Ed Reed who just got... Uh, Inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he was all over the field. Uh, Troy Polamalu, mm-hmm. he's kind of that guy who can get from one hash to the sideline in two seconds and recognize plays. And he's a great leader. He's a, he can play multiple positions. He can pressure the quarterback. He can drop in the zone. He can drop in the man. Um, he could roam. Like he could really do anything. So I think the Honey Badger is going to be a, a, a phenomenal addition to a defense that needs phenomenal additions.
3: Yeah. Uh, head coach Vic Fangio. Mm. Going to Denver,
1: yo, Vic Fangio, and his and his offensive coordinator Scangarello, Vic Scang. It's, it's Fangio po- it's and the- Scangarello over yeah. here. It's the name of the plumbing company.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> get your get you get your mortadella at Fangio and Scangarello's, or their lawyer, or their
3: lawyers. <laughs> uh, nah, he was the architect of the elite Chicago Bears defense right last year, um, and similar to what I mentioned last episode, where a lot of the teams in the NFL are going offense. Young, right? Trying to find the next McVeigh. What does Denver do? They already know they have an elite defense. Let's just find the right mind for the job, and they mm. bring in Vic Fangio. Um, everyone that you speak to in the league speaks nothing but great things about this guy. So I'm really excited to see what he can get out of that unit. Um, you know, I mentioned that there's still a top five defense, um, and you know, similar to what I mentioned last time, everyone's zigging, they're zagging. Um, yeah. I'm not in love with what they have on offense at all, but this defense should still be top three, top five. So. Vic Fangio looking forward to this. I feel
2: he's like going. their offense is, they have a lot of okay pieces. Very they, young. Yeah, very young. Well, this,
3: this is the same thing about what we said about Tennessee, right? Like, who on offense in Denver? Who do you right. want to see?
1: Two years ago, if I told you the names, um, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, Philip Lindsay, and Royce Freeman, unless you're a really big college football flan, fan, you're like, who? Who the fuck?
2: Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Of all those names, I only knew Royce Freeman.
3: No, and you know... In terms Cole of like...
1: Sutton. No, no, like, it, like from two college.
2: Years ago. Like, oh, like, right. he yeah. was the He was a freshman when Mariota won the Heisman his last year. And I knew from then, I was like, yo, Royce Freeman's going to be a beast when he gets to the league. Okay. And I still think that like, I think he might take the position this year.
1: Shit, Noah Fant too. Because two years ago, George Kittle was the was the guy there. You're right. So it's... I mean, they got a lot of young pieces and a very old quarterback. Word. Yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what Vic Fangio does with that team and i i think it's a it's a big addition yeah cool Ooh.
2: yo subtraction for me Osemele, shout out to you guys mm. the jets getting him in a trade was it i think it was, it was a trade. trade it was, it was trade. for
3: like a nothing it was like a th- yeah something it was a salary cap dump yeah so here's the thing as long as he stays healthy man
2: facts i want to compare two teams i want to compare the Raiders and the browns two teams that went and found wide receivers and offensive weapons, but they lose a big part of their offensive line. Like Zietler with the Browns was a big addition for them a couple of years ago, and he was a key member of their offensive line, which now you weaken that. Sure, like, it's cool. Yo, no one cares about their offensive line until they don't have one. Trust me, I'm a Giants fan. I've been seeing shit all lines. It ruins your team. It ruins your quarterback. It ruins everything for you. It's never – anytime an offensive lineman gets taken in the first round, the fans boo. That's just how it is. You know who doesn't boo? The coach and the quarterback. Yeah. yeah, the quarterback is like, yeah, it's finally. Oh. And you know who else shouldn't boo the wide receivers and the running backs? He's right. like, Yo, now I got time for this guy to give stay in the rock. pocket yeah. and give me the ball. So I think some of these a big subtraction for them because sure, it's great to have all these offensive weapons, but if your quarterback don't have time, might be a problem. Yeah. Tim, what yeah. you got for uh, subtraction? Subtraction.
1: I'm going. I'm going off the grid again. Uh My subtraction is the city of Oakland. Wow. um Okay. Because this is the last year. For the Raiders in the city of Oakland, so could they kind of rally around that? You saw what happened with the Chargers in San Diego; they definitely didn't rally around that. <laughs> it was the opposite. Um, yeah, the Rams in St. Louis definitely didn't rally around that. So you got two recent examples of teams that kind of just called it quits in the last year of the, of the of the season. I mean, the last year of their agreements with their with their cities. Now. You have a very fragile team. Then it wasn't that fragile. You had, you had new quarterbacks coming in, et cetera, et cetera. Now you got a team with Antonio Brown, who's going to expect 150 receptions. You got a team with uh, all this money given to these outside weapons, a new rookie weapon. Like, this is a volatile situation. And if they let anything that has to do with Oakland and Vegas get in the way of their mentality for what needs to happen in the season, it's gonna be a rough one, especially considering when you look at the two recent teams that switched cities, they had rough first years in the cities because the cities didn't know them. The the attendance was sparse. They were having trouble moving themselves, right? You we, we went over that, we were talking about that a lot two years ago, how the Chargers were having a lot of problems because they were they had to move. Uh, you saw it at Hard Knocks with Jeff Fisher in the move with to the Rams, LA. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of issues with that. So I think subtracting the city of Oakland um in in the midst of John Gruden trying to show everyone and prove to everyone that they're wrong and he's right, and Antonio Brown being added and Derek Carr and, oof, it's and a also lot. you
3: fa- you failed to mention the huge piece about the Raiders almost not even playing in the Coliseum this year they they got into yes. beef with uh city of Oakland, yeah, where it was like, oh they didn't want to pay as much as they were supposed to or sure. and it
1: c- had something to do with renting the
3: stadium out. The city
1: of Oakland was suing them for lost profits. <laughs> And, um, well, I don't know. I, that's, I, <laughs> that's
3: an interesting curveball it, to throw in. It, it's interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, and then, so they were like, all right, you're going to do that. Then we're just not going to play in your stadium. But then they came to an agreement. Um, Look, I'll
3: be honest. I struggled with this one. I'm going to go Kareem Hunt.
1: Hmm.
3: Okay. I know. It's not the best answer. But, and look, say what you want about the off-the-field issues. I will never be okay with the things that he did at all. Right? Um, But, when he's on the field, he was on pace to be a hall of famer. Uh, rushing title rookie year, Pro Bowl, uh, led the NFL in rushing. I mentioned that, uh, and then last year he was on pace for another Pro Bowl monster season as well. Um, I'm a big fan of Andy Reid. I'm an Andy Reid disciple. I'm a fan of his disciples. Um, I know it's the system.
2: Big Andy Reid guy. He's
3: a wizard, but you still can't deny what you know the talent that Cream Hunt was. I'm know that I know you're high on Damian Williams too, right? But I'm just curious to see or know, or it would be it would be interesting to know, like, what this offense could have looked like with him the whole way through. Um, and even with the eight-game suspension, right? Um, but I'm talking about this year, if he was still there. Even with the eight-game suspension, you'd still have him for the second half of the season and the playoffs. Right. So, um, you know, it's a loss, I, I guess. It's just, you know,
2: depending on how you look at nah, it. Nah, yo, Kareem Hunt's a hell of a player, yeah. so losing him is a big deal. That's a big hit, yeah. Cool. All right. For storyline, yep. The forgotten son. I feel like a lot of people forget to mention Philip Rivers when you get into these discussions for top quarterbacks and whatnot, and you know it's unfortunate. Ippie and I always butt heads with this about like you know Ippie is well, if you ain't win a ring, you ain't shit, and I feel like a lot of things go into you winning a championship. Depends what sport it is. Sure. And the position too. Yes. And the position. Yeah, without a doubt, I feel you on that. But you know, Rivers has been a hell of a quarterback. And yes. the only thing that's missing for him to be, like, yo, one championship could change the entire perception of a player.
3: He leapfrogs so many quarterbacks on even the all-time guys, list. Even
2: guys that have two rings, I think he leapfrogs if he gets one. That's point. what I'm saying.
3: He's leapfrogging. He'll, like, like right now, who's a better quarterback? Eli or Phillip Rivers? I know it's a ridiculous question, I've al- think-
2: I've always said Rivers was a better quarterback. Yeah.
3: But there's I guarantee you there's people that think Eli's a better quarterback. Sure, because they'll look at his The
2: two rings yeah. against zero. Look, you he- put
3: you give Rivers one, that's a
2: no-brainer. Yeah, and he's also like super durable. He's never missed time. Like, right. He's never missed a start. He played so, on a torn ACL. Yeah, so here's the thing, right, with Philip Rivers. This Chargers team is stacked. Stacked. <laughs> they were 12 and 4 last year. They we're in the wild card because they happen to be in the same division with the Chiefs, and simple. that's
1: half the year without Joey Bosa.
2: Yeah, no Bosa, which is huge. No Hunter right? Henry. Mike. Yeah, no Hunter Henry. Mike Someone w- didn't tell Stephen A. Smith that. Though. Yeah, Mike Williams. <laughs> Mike Williams didn't really get into it until like October because he was still a young guy. Dude, I can't. I can't find a hole on this team. O line, maybe. Yeah, but uh, so everyone says O line, and I agree with you. But he's also been productive with his shit O line anyway. Yeah. Right. So the the biggest weakness is their offensive line, but he's still like balling out even with the bad offensive line. Yeah. Now it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Melvin Gordon in this holdout because we have seen that guys do take a stand and they will hold out like LeVeon Bell last year. But man, I just think a monster year is coming for Philip Rivers and the Chargers and I think it's gonna be something that's gonna put him in the conversation that he already I think he deserves to be in. Yeah. I'm with you. It's it's for me it's it's Philip Rivers. Is this the year
3: that he wins the MVP or does he win a Super Bowl? Or something along the lines of that because they have to maximize his final years with the Chargers, without a doubt. Um, he's thirty seven, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We know that, and he's played ten seasons at a very, very high level. He just hasn't had the playoff success that some may have hoped for. Um, but you're absolutely right. There's no there's no holes on that team. Even if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, they still have two solid running backs back there. Right. So
2: Eckler and Jackson.
3: Yeah. So we'll see. But without a doubt, is this the year for Phillip Rivers MVP, Super Bowl? They got to maximize. They got to maximize him because they only have him for what four more seasons.
2: I think you're being very generous. With Three more seasons. Four. Then uh, I think he has like two more years, if anything, man.
3: Two high level years. Yeah, two
2: high level years. And then maybe one. It's like, weird because nowadays with a quarterback, you got to expect him to play like post 38.
1: Yeah, I think. That, and the thing with Rivers too is he's not a runner, so he just you get to stand back there. And oh yeah, he's it been it the plays.
2: he's been the same speed his whole career. Right. He's probably yeah. the slowest quarterback. Yeah, he might be.
1: Him and Brady in a race Would be interesting Yeah Be he like be. yo Someone take this off Slow motion like, how, do you mm-hmm. take, how do you take this off Slow Remember motion
3: Remember Madden Scrambling with Philip Rivers <laughs> 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 well, didn't listen.
1: Yeah
2: you, you should have Never done that yeah. uh, Tim what's your storyline
1: I got a I got a quarterback Ready, ready for this one guys My storyline is Locked And loaded Drew Lock mark. Drew Lock Look look I know he was drafted in the second round, and we like our first-round quarterbacks, but Drew Locke really stood out to me as when I was doing my research for the rookies as someone who played for a really shitty Missouri team and still did phenomenally. And when you're looking for a leader and you're looking for a quarterback, that's the type of guy that you want. Now, Joe Flacco's in there, and he has a lot of experience. And there is something to be said about Joe Flacco being healthy because the last two years he's had a bad back injury. And for those who's ever had back injuries, you know— that not only are do they linger, but they highly affect your performance in every area, whether you're slinging the ball or you're slinging the D. <laughs> your perform- say your that. performance is affected, right? So when if if that injury does linger, then I expect to see Drew
3: Lock. If he do- if it doesn't, then maybe Flacco still has something left in the tank. We'll see. The one th- really quickly. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. the one thing that I that bothers me about. Um, the Broncos is like, what's the one thing that Joe Flacco has going for him? Like uh, arm, and his strength. game, right? Arm strength. They don't have like any deep threats.
1: Nah. Right? I That's mean, like my
3: thing. Like at least play to his strengths. Cortland Sutton could be there, I guess. He's a, he's a big body guy. He's a big yeah. receiver, but he's not like a, like he's not like a burner. He, they, he's not you know not what I burner. mean? They need a burner, I think, to kind of maximize Joe Flacco. Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is more of a, Possession type of guy, yeah, dipping dunks,
2: but he's also coming off an Achilles Pulse Thirty, that's going to be.
3: I wish they did it. I wish they. I wish they built around him a little bit better.
1: But I mean, on a very young team that we just went through all the names on the on the Broncos, and you you had trouble. You wouldn't even know who they were two years ago unless you were super into college football. Now Drew Locke can probably can take over this team, and it's kind of like youth, inspiring youth. So I'm I'm, in, I'm interested to see when it is that Drew Locke takes over because I think that um, it, there's no doubt that Drew
3: Locke has some future with this franchise. and it's, The question is, when does it start? Yeah, and it's a very tough division. It's going to be a good division. So you have to imagine they're not going to be hanging around that long. No, the, I mean, Chiefs and Chargers. Yeah. And then you got the Raiders. No matter how good the defense is, i just just talking to Vic Fangio. No matter how good the defense is, you're not going to be able to score points with those teams. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So, I'd, I'd, I'd expect to see Drew Locke sooner rather than later, I think. Who Although, knows? Maybe he could pump some energy into the team. You know, that happens at times with the Ravens. Look what happened to the Ravens last year. Although, fun fact only two teams in the league held
1: the Rams without a touchdown last season, including the postseason. One was the Patriots, one was the Bears. So, interesting. Mm. Interesting. Have their number. Interesting right. to see uh, if Vic Fangio can bring that to the Broncos. All of a sudden, the Broncos look a lot better.
2: You gave your storyline? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you kind of piggybacked off mine. All right, let's pivot over to the NFC West. NFC West, I think, guys, might be the most compelling division this year. Interesting. Because I even think the bad teams are going to be interesting because, like, Arizona, spoiler, I'm not picking them to win the division, but I think they're going to be super intriguing with, like, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, some of the new pieces that they brought there. But kicking us off, Tim, tell us your addition. Okay, my addition is, I mean, I, I think this one
1: speaks for itself. I think this is this has the ramifications to be the biggest addition in the entire league if it goes correctly. Jimmy Garoppolo,
2: the super facts,
1: the handsomest of the quarterbacks. Big facts. Um, he look last year. Everyone was excited about the Niners. Everyone was excited about Garoppolo. Everyone was excited about the prospects of the of the Niners team as a whole, not just the offense. And now you're coming into the season. Kind of in the same position, except adding Tevin Coleman. Dante
3: Pettis has a year under his belt, and you're getting Jarek McKinnon back. And you're a year in another year in Kyle Shanahan's another system. year in Kyle Shanahan's. Who system. is the Who is the top five offensive mind in the NFL? People just forget facts, and y- wh- people forget who uh,
2: yeah. Kyle Shanahan is. And
3: when you guys facts. and when you guys uh,
1: last year, when you I mean two years ago, when you made that crazy 49ers bet.
2: That they were going to win all all the games with Jimmy G. We came out first game. We're like, yo, they're going to run the table. We looked at the schedule, and then we fucking wagered on all those games. Which is crazy. I called you crazy,
1: but you ended up being right. And a lot of that is because Jimmy G is the truth. And nothing that he's ever done on the field tells you he's not the truth. So if you put a quarterback of the caliber that he is back in the fold there, especially when you're replacing a guy like Nick Mullins, who not for nothing played well, but is not – a starting quarterback in the NFL at this point, Which I
2: think goes, that says a lot for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And because C.J. Beathard played well when he was playing, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, so it's like every quarterback had success in that system to the, for the most part. You guys now, ever heard about the shower so narrative? The shower narrative.
2: C.J. Beathard and George Kittle went to school together, and they used to shower together. Hmm. So, like, that's why anytime C.J. Beathard would play, like, mad people would take, George Kittle with him on like fantasy. I
1: like that. Hmm. So they were connected. Yeah, they were in more ways than one.
2: Facts. They've seen each other's dicks. Yeah, if you've dick seen Bros, another guy's dick, yeah, Bros. If you've seen another guy's cock, yeah, like, it's a different bond. I
1: mean, I've seen Daniel Murphy's dick. Does that make me and Daniel Murphy bonded? Yeah, He's, he hasn't Wait. seen mine though. What? Nah, nah. Oh, you locker room interview. To. Locker room. You interview. both need to. Nice. Yeah. Okay.
3: How was was it? it like, how that happen?
1: I mean, I, I saw a lot of dicks in that locker room. I was so young. I went into. I was a. I was the announcer for the Cyclones in, when I was in college. Um, so Do they just walk around cock out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They walk like I out. mean,
3: I mean, yeah. Him Ryan
1: Church, that name's familiar. Yeah, they just yeah, just a bunch of cocks. Guys That's kind of crazy. Ike Do some Davis. guys
3: not have their cocks out? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of guys without their cocks out. Oh, but most guys are just walking around cocks out. They gotta be Did awkward. You any if small ones women with the cock, r- cock small too, cocks no? out. Small cocks out. Were there any small ones? I mean, they're professional athletes, so like they got you know they're they're ripped and they got nice bodies or whatever. So there weren't any like. Like I feel like the only people who have super small dicks are like obese people whose like pelvis grows too big to and covers their dicks. <laughs> so like the background <laughs> is too big. Like the background's uh, too big, so it makes it look like a mushroom. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone really has a. I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just ignorant. Not a lot of
3: cold showers in the I, locker room. I just,
1: I just don't think there's a lot of little dicks out there. Got it. Like there's not that many, right? So if you're an athlete, like you're 6'2", two, like, you're gonna have a decent sized dick. Like I would, you're gonna be six two with a one inch cock. That's, yeah, that sucks. That's. That's rough in no. the gene lottery, man.
2: No dick, no hope. Yeah, yeah. man.
1: My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 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 No, I mean every time I, I bring that up, everyone's always like, Yeah, how big was it? <laughs> yeah.
3: I didn't ask that question. I just asked where there other cocks yeah, yeah, yeah. other small I'll say a lot of a lot of <laughs> average
1: white guy cocks running around that locker room. I'll say that. All right, cool. <laughs> I, gotta, uh, I
2: gotta be honest Where were we Because uh, the uh, cock conversation Jimmy G kinda, okay, yeah.
1: Which uh, obviously Goes right <laughs> in the cock Cause
3: yeah. he's banging What's her name The porn star Yeah but she's She's butt Yeah but she's a big Porn star yeah. So there's is no she? way he's. Yeah she's like She's like thick Yeah she got fake everything Yeah there's no way He's hammering that With a small wood Nah <laughs> Survey Ever touch a fake boob I don't
2: I have yeah What do you think <sighs> They're better to look at
1: yeah, not a fan.
2: They're better to look at. All right. But, I mean, if you got a fake boob out there. I'm, I prefer, I'm not going
1: to be touching any boobs anymore because I'm married now. So uh, I, prefer, ladies do uh,
2: I prefer fake tits over fake ass, though. Oh, all day no, and tomorrow.
1: No, I've never touched a, a fake ass. I never plan to. Those Facts. things don't even look good. But, yo, man,
2: whatever. To whatever floats your boat, whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. I, mean, I wonder yeah, what
1: Jimmy G likes. Do you think? I have no hate. Go get, get a fake ass. I'm just not I'm just not attracted
2: <laughs> to it. You
3: know what I'm saying?
2: Ippy. Addition.
3: Um, hmm.
2: Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, the duo. Oh, that's why you pointed at me before when I mentioned them too? Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, this won't be the – this. Is, obviously, this won't be the best team in the division. Um, they probably won't even be in the playoff hunt. Ah, um, you know, but you know. they will be fun to watch. We talk about um, – Nick and I and Tim as well. We talk about league pass teams in the NBA. Right. And although pretty much everyone you – know, I a lot of people have red zone, so it's not the same thing. Or at least not red zone, but like NFL league pass.
2: Yeah, well, it's a Sunday well, ticket.
3: Sunday ticket. There yeah. you go. Sorry. Um, this would be my Sunday NFL ticket. Sunday ticket team. Gotcha. Because they're probably gonna be playing from behind. They're probably gonna have to score a ton of points, um, and I'm just really excited to see what they can do. And like, in a, that in and of itself is exciting. But then the whole, just like Josh Rosen fiasco, is is like is like another kind of touch to it as well. The fact that they draft this kid tenth, trade up for him.
2: Yep. Yeah,
3: trade up for him. Take him tenth, and then less than three hundred and sixty-five days later.
2: Traded. Traded.
3: So um, everything that he does will be under a microscope. Um, and and
1: yeah. Kingsbury, they both are. both both. First, there's a there's a good um, there's a really good film uh, breakdown guy on YouTube that I've been really I've been really high on lately. His name is Brett Coleman, and he did a a. a a video about who would be better in the Cliff Kingsbury offense, Rosen or Murray. And it ended up being that Rosen would be basically the same, if not a little better in that offense. So it'd be, it's, it's a little bit of a the, – that's the first of, of that you're hearing. That's for sure. That's interesting. I will I will say this, man. I know a lot of people are excited about this air raid offense and all that stuff. But, yo, as a guy who analyzes fantasy and has been completely obsessed with fantasy for the last three weeks or so, A lot of fantasy analysts are starting their conversations like this. Well, the Kingsbury system is going to do blank, so blank player has these prospects. And it's just like you don't know yet. So far, the air raid offense has not worked in its pure form in the NFL. That's what Kingsbury runs. You have a, a quarterback who's a complete outlier, who's just a complete outlier in every single way. And he's coming into a league where he's not in the SEC anymore. He's in the NFL now, so it's gonna be a little. It's gonna be a little strange to see. He played in the Big Ten. Big Ten. Uh, Big Twelve. Gonna, sorry. And that and the Big Twelve is known for their high-powered offenses, not their defenses. Right. So it's 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 gonna be interesting. I think that people who are just assuming that Cliff Kingsbury is gonna come in and be one of these super duper head coaches who change everything and make offenses run, I think you're missing the whole entire uh argument that goes against the air raid, which is the more incomplete passes you have, the less you control the clock. The less you control the clock, the more the, the more the other team has a chance to score. So I think that it could be a long year for the for the Cardinals again.
2: Yo, uh Jalen Hurts is at Oklahoma now. Heisman. Yo, we should. They've had the last two Heisman winners. Yeah. I'm, he's like thirty to one. We've Jalen made, Hurts from Alabama? Uh he transferred over there. Interesting. Big, big odds. I like it. Yeah. Just following history and like there he his numbers are gonna get inflated and look he's not the greatest passer but those guys were in great passes until they got with Kingsbury oh uh, sorry not Kingsbury with uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley Lincoln Riley so yeah
3: shout got- out Maldo man for putting me onto that first word yeah, yeah, yeah front, so, can front uh, sooner, can't front can't, sooner can't lie. Um, sooner
2: sooner um, all right my addition is gonna be Eric Weddle. He's over with the Rams That's the answer right there. That is the answer. Eric Weddle, veteran presence. You know, I'm kind of a professional sometimes, folks. (laughs) Um, Eric Weddle coming over there, veteran presence. This is a guy who, again, like the Ravens just wanted to get a little younger, and they got Earl Thomas. They got rid of him. But I think, you know, one of the issues that the Rams had defensively was their defense was super overrated last year. It's just that they had Aaron Donald. So when you would think about the Rams, you're like, oh, they got Aaron Donald. So it would kind of like inflate. What your you, perception oh, of your the perception. team. Yes, exactly. Thank you, MB. But I think with Eric Weddle back there sort of being the quarterback, the deep safety yeah, yeah, yeah. and being able Quarterback of the defense. Yeah, I think that's going to be big. So I think Eric Weddle going over to the Rams is going to be huge, huge. Huge.
1: I, I just, it's funny. I just recently watched a uh, mic'd up with Eric Weddle too. And John Harbaugh, who has coached guys like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Bart Scott,
3: and Joe Flacco.
1: Famous leaders. Famous leaders. Joe Flacco. Went up to Eric Weddle Elite. and said to him, You are maybe the best leader naturally I've ever seen to Eric Weddle. They need that. They need that there. Yeah. I think if Jimmy G I mean obviously quarterbacks are important, but I really I was between Jimmy G and Eric Weddle. I'm really glad Nick took took Eric Weddle because I, I called Jimmy G first on that one. But I'm really glad he took Eric Weddle because that's the answer on the defensive side. Yeah. Subtraction? Yeah, good. Earl Thomas? Big, 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 big. Another. Uh, basically, you could say everything we just said about
3: Eric Weddle. You could say about who Eric, er- went Thomas. to go replace Eric Weddle. Yeah. In Baltimore. in Baltimore. Uh, the Legion of Boom is officially dead. Yeah. Right. He nah, was the I last. Think, I think only. I mean, it was dead, but he was the last remaining member. Yeah. Number. I
2: think. I think the only remaining pieces on that defense is like KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner.
3: Who
1: yeah. is a 99 overall in Madden this year? Yeah, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner's a though. beast. Yeah. yeah but 99 though. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh,
2: right.
3: look. The issue. Look, same as Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Bobby Wagner's beast. For
2: for for linebackers, I don't think there's anyone better than him. He can do it all. Yeah.
3: Um the relationship with P Carrow went south. We all know the the infamous f- clip of him flipping the finger uh as he's being carted off the field, right? Yep. Um but dude, you can't deny his great list. He's a Hall of Fame player.
2: Um and not to mention they're gonna miss Frank Clark too. Yeah, bro. How many people you want to put in the Hall of Fame? Who you're did just I say? Like, Wait, who did I say? Kareem Hunt? Yeah, Kareem Hunt. You said one on the last episode, too. You're just like, yeah, a Hall of, Matt Ryan the Hall, Matt Hall, of Hall of Fame." Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer,
3: though. I no, mean, nah, I feel you. He it's probably just, will be. It's just Yo, funny. Kevin Mawaii just got in, by the way. Yo, shout out to the club. Um, yeah, no. Those are both... Those, I mean, no, no, sorry. Kareem Hunt would have been a Hall of Famer. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, huge subtraction on and off the field. He's right. a big culture guy, right? Like you said, big for the locker room, great leader. Um, it's a big deal. They were kind of middle of the road in a lot of the main kind of defensive categories last year. Other than points allowed per game, which they were like, I think 10, the rest of like where they were statistically on defense was like middle of the road. So this is going to be a big deal for them to replace. Um, so Earl Thomas, for like I said, for the culture and for on the field.
2: I wanna I wanna go next because I have a subtraction from that same team and I know he didn't have a great year last year, very disappointing year. Doug Baldwin, Dougie Fresh, Doug Baldwin has retired. He's out the league now, and I think that's just a big that's just a big subtraction for that team because he was Russ's guy. Yes, like whenever he needed a big play, he would go to Russ. Russ would go to him, and you know Tyler Lockett took the next step. Which, by the way, you you and the Brodo Bros used to give me shit for my Tyler Lock, Lockett love affair.
3: He's like a. Na- He's like a low volume, high reward guy. I mean, last year we
1: didn't. Like honestly, I, I had to convince the twins until like week eight last year. But uh, Tyler Lockett was my guy.
2: Yeah, I love Ty Lue. Uh Ty, I
1: had him in. I had him on the team that you fucking
2: beat in the championship. You son of a fucking bitch. Oh man, bitch. dominance. Motherfucker. dominance. <laughs> man. Uh, but yo, <laughs> D- the D- D- Doug Baldwin, man, tremendous story. Being undrafted, became one of the premier slot. I think PFF said he was the best slot wide receiver in football during his time, like whenever he did line up in the slot. And, yo, you know, I guess it's because I, I played quarterback and I really, really understand what it's like having your guy out on the field. Like for us, when we play football, it's always Espo and Joe. When we play on the Sunday leagues, it's like, yo, third and three, I need a, I need a play, I'm going to them. I need to move the chains, I'm going to them. It's the same thing with like Julian Edelman for Brady, Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. You always have those guys, Rivers and Keenan Allen, so I think Russ now is gonna have to adjust not having his guy there, and also you've created an offense that doesn't really have an identity. A, no, I wouldn't say an identity. I think it's gonna be the Russ show. Well, yeah, that's his. But yeah. I don't think there's a wide receiver that could copy Doug Baldwin's skill set. Like uh, DK Metcalf and like Tyler Lockett are more like downfield guys. Vertical guys. Yeah. Yeah. So my, I'm going Doug Baldwin.
1: My favorite Doug Baldwin comparison that I've been hearing lately is Anthony Miller. I think that he's Ooh, I think he has a time. He has a good chance of being the next Doug Baldwin, but I agree Doug Baldwin is a giant loss for them and you know, even last year when he came back in the last couple of games of the season when they needed to win to make the playoffs, he had a big impact. Another guy that if I would have started him over Quiz Godwin, I would have beat this motherfucker in my fantasy league.
2: Coulda, woulda <laughs> shoulda. Sometimes when you see the dirty lands on your <laughs> schedule, you get rattled, bro.
1: <laughs> I had him until till 12:56. No. Yeah. man. And then I changed him to Godwin. Yeah. Terrible. This is this is what happens when you take other people's advice.
2: Yeah, you got to go with your gut. Oh, I stopped doing that last year. You're fucking stupid. I, I I made my own rankings. Yeah, man. I did all that. I rankings. Did, I did, yeah, yeah. Especially
1: consider when you have a fucking fantasy show like me. What the hell am I doing listening to other people? Yeah. Idiot-ass motherfucker. Yeah. Idiot. I'm talking to oh, myself.
2: Yeah, no. Nah, I've done that with the DFS show with Danny, too. I'm like, yo, dude, listen. Like, We know what we're talking about. You guys know what you're talking about with Brodo. You don't need to. You don't need to. People should come to you for advice. You facts. should follow your own advice. Yeah, facts. facts. storyline, idiot. Yeah. Yes. Hold on, I
1: didn't say my subtraction. Oh, oh, you did.
3: My bad. Steve Wilkes. <laughs> get that fucking guy out of
1: here. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get a job. I I think that that he was just a really bad fit for that team, especially coming out of uh, the Bruce Arians type of system. Now, I just went on a whole rant about how I don't think Cliff Kingsbury will be can have all the success that people are saying. He'll be better than Steve Wilkes. I already well, know that, that for a fact. The uh, my little the cousin, whose birthday it is today, shout out Demi. She's better than Steve Wilk. The bar is not set that high. No, no. Yeah. Right. The most rushes up the middle of any team last year.
3: So you're talking about the kid that unfortunately had to sit through Cardinal games at times because I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's so it's so still it's, still hurts, it's right? over. Yeah. All right. I, I I'm with you. Cardinals fan though. Well, I mean, you have to watch. I I was watching my number one pick every week, like. I would have uh, my own separate. I had my laptop open for Cardinal games. And so you, yeah, oh, I was I, miserable. I it had David was,
1: Johnson too, bro. It was miserable. Just and and then at the end of the year, you had to watch fucking Chase Edmonds get the ball. Please get him the fuck as far away from the fucking sidelines as possible.
3: I was hyped when Byron Leftwich was gonna get, pull the plays too. Like, oh man, they're gonna yeah,
1: they're gonna
3: do some different
1: shit. Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay now. Ooh. So yeah, Bruce right.
3: Arians bringing his disciples over. All right. Storyline. Interesting. Um, interesting. Can the Rams get over the hump? Look, generally speaking, every NFL team has one goal in mind, win a a Super Bowl. Generally speaking, bad teams, it's like to be mediocre. Mediocre teams is to make the playoffs. Good teams is to win the Super Bowl. Um, But the Rams, it's a little different considering they're trying to get back to the dance after getting... Pulverized in the Super Bowl, right? Such a demoral demoralizing loss, demoralizing loss. Sorry, there you got it. That such high powered offense was completely shut down. So, you know what's you know what's the deal with Gurley? What's going to happen with him? Golf? Are they going to pay golf now? Are they going to wait? A lot of kind of questions to be, you know, answered. Um, let's see what McVay is made up of. I'm, I'm really interested to see can the Rams get over the hump. I'm going to piggyback that because Todd
1: Gurley's knee is one of the biggest. Factors of the NFL season. Last year, Todd Gurley was an absolute beast, not only in fantasy, but in reality as well. He had, if you look at all the red zone stats, a couple, uh, last episode I went over how effective Alvin Kamara was in the red zone uh, with so little touches. If you look at the leader of all those categories, like I said, He's second, he's second, he's second, he's second. That's because Todd Gurley was first in every single category on the red zone. Uh, he was the most often used person in that in the part of the field that matters the most. And you saw the effect that it had on the Rams offense when he wasn't in the game. It was a giant effect. And when you make that team one-dimensional and you make it one-dimensional where Jared Goff has to carry the load without any help. It's all play action. That team is built on play action. Yeah, that team is built on on mis- mis- like reading the defense. Play action, uh, miss. Uh, what's the word? Misdirection. The word? Misdirection. There it is. Misdirection. Like they're a very involved offense, and if you don't have that piece, that's why. Again, that's why I'm in love with the Bears this year because I, I really believe that David Montgomery is going to give Matt Nagy that Kareem Hunt type piece that he didn't have last year, and when you take that away, it really affects an offense. So I I really I really think that everything hinges on Todd Gurley, including. Two of my fantasy leagues that I drafted him in the second round. In, um, I really hope he plays well because of that. But I mean, not only in my fantasy, but in in reality, the dude is probably the biggest X factor in the running game of any t- p- person in the league, and that w- is not a stretch. So Todd Gurley definitely. Doc- Todd Gurley's knee. Because you know what else? <laughs> if the if it's not if it's not hurt, or I mean, if it is hurt, then they've been lying to us this whole time. Yeah, and. You can say what you want about McVay and how good he is, but I don't want a coach that's lying through his teeth about players like that. I'm not trying to have that coach. Uh, well, he's trying I, to I just be think it's a, a bad coach. precedent. I think it's a bad precedent. He's trying to be a, a good coach. He doesn't want to
3: give you, he doesn't want to show his cards.
1: I mean, there's a difference between showing your cards and outright lying. Because when you're saying, oh, but yeah, like, are not But, but fine, Belichick Tagorelli's lies fine. every
2: week. So here's the thing you know that the injury report was created for the Vegas, right? Yeah. That's the only reason why you have to submit an injury report because of the betting lines. If you look at the history of it, that's why. Now, there has been some momentum. People that want to do like a class, class action lawsuit towards the LA Rams for disclosing the knee situation for Gurley during the Super Bowl. A lot of money on the line, bro. It's at like this same game. I put, I put like $150 on him to win uh, MVP. I never would have if I would have known that he had knee arthritis. You know what I mean? So... It is. It's something that is very, very important. You but do that's.
3: But to be, I, I'm. I. I disagree. Like that's. That they have. They don't. They should give two fucks about your bet. Sure. they sure. all but they care about is is the, the, the any competitive advantage advantage they can
2: gain. Well, you're not supposed to have a competitive advantage with the injury report because that's like a, a league wide mandatory thing that you need to do. So
3: then, why is Brady on the injury report every week? With a shoulder. But.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Well, New England is, I think, is just an outlier. Like, we always say New England buck, buck the system, buck, bucks trends. Like, they always do weird shit, yeah, you know? Like, okay. they just extended Brady. He's the sixth highest paid quarterback now after years of him being, like, the 16th, you know? So, it's like, they always just do weird shit. Like, the signing bonus thing with Brady where it's like he's only, like, $11 million against the cap, but here's a $30 million bonus once you show up to camp, you know? So, they always do, like, weird shit. Okay. 49ers. They made a lot of, this is my storyline, 49ers, they made a lot, a lot of big moves defensively. Yeah. The Ford, Juan Alexander. Yo, I might die on this hill alone because this dude might not even make the roster. But if Jason Verrett makes the team oh, and he dude. plays, yo, this dude stud. is a stud. stud. Him and Sherman, I'm telling you, this kid could ball out. Sherman
1: just, was still one of the best the best corners in the league last yeah. year. Yeah,
2: and yo, you know what? I think Sherman, so Jason Verrett followed the similar type of contract like Richard Sherman did where Sherman had, coming off the Achilles, they didn't want to pay him because, you know, coming off an Achilles after 30 years old, it's tough to come back from. So he's like, yo, look, give me like, I think it was like 1.8 against the cap, and then he had incentives that could reach up to $7 million, and he hit all those incentives. That's what Jason Verrett has done too. Jason Verrett with the Chargers was an absolute beast. just got hurt all the time. Then he just got hurt, you know? D Ford coming over to get that pass rusher. Uh they spent a lot of first round picks on defensive linemen and like
3: mm,
2: Yeah, I know what you, mean. you know, it's like kinda sus most of those guys are like not you know, you're taking them third, fourth. They also get Nick Bosa too, completely forgot about that until now. And then Quan Alexander, who I think they overpaid for, but the he could agency. ball too, you know. So I think defensively, because you got some weapons on the offense. You know, you, you didn't even mention Debo Samuel before. I love Debo Samuel. His nickname is Debo from the movie Friday. He was just, like, baby people on the courts, you know, on the courts, on the fields. Yeah. So I think the Niners are, Tim, a couple of years ago, you are like, yo, the Niners dynasty isn't going to start. It's just that you thought that it would be Kirk Cousins going there and whatnot. But, yeah. like, you know, your logic was right, that Kyle Shanahan was going to land a big-name quarterback to play his system. And, yo, they've been doing it. They've been doing it right. Yeah, boy. They've been doing it right.
1: NFC West is an interesting division this year, man. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited to watch them play. Fun to watch either way. yeah. yeah. Those oh four yeah, that's why I think
3: they're all gonna run the ball a lot, except for <laughs> this, this the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean so they're all gonna throw, they're all gonna air the shit out of the rock. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> so yo we've the, this this concludes hey, actually, the Rams the, are gonna run the ball. Wraps too. it up. Wraps up the storylines, additions. Give me the top three most compelling divisions, top to bottom.
1: I think the AFC East has to be one of them because of the
2: AFC East. Yeah, no, the AFC I, East. Bro, East. that's horrible. How is that horrible? That's come on, that's That's a homer that's pick. That's a homer pick without a doubt. How How? Dude, no one is tuning in to AFC
1: East games. Well, I, I think you're going to change your tune around week 8. I think the Bills are better than you expect. I think the Jets are better than you expect. No, I think the and Jets I are going to be Tom 9 Brady's 7 Brady's yeah. Uh the answer is the AFC North. That's one. The NFC North is super compelling. There's a lot of good teams in that division. I'll give you the AFC West and and
2: NFC West too. And I'll I mean be- all of them. So <laughs> I, For me, it's both South Divisions and the NFC West.
3: Oh, the AFC South, too. The A, I think the AFC is much stronger the
1: than AFC the AFC South is is not that exciting. I can imagine the Colts winning that division by two games. I think of games. all the
2: divisions in football, that one is the only one where I could see all four teams winning it. AFC South? Yeah. I could see the Jaguars winning it, even though I don't think so. I see what you're saying. I could see the Titans win it. I could see the Texans win it. I can see the Colts win it. Winning the whole thing? Yeah, no, no, Division.
3: I feel the same way about the AFC North, except minus the Bengals. The other three teams, any of them. Right, division. right.
1: What about the NFC North? Bears, Vikings, Packers, Lions, better. All those teams. I wouldn't going say Lions too. are
3: better. I think six and ten.
1: I don't know, <laughs> man. Year. I laid out. I laid out. You weren't on that episode, but I laid out what the the Lions have been doing this off season. I really like what they're doing.
2: Like in the AFC West, I only see the Chargers and the Chiefs. To be so good, though. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I mean, he the Broncos
1: There is room for the Broncos in there, a little bit.
2: I strongly. I mean, disagree.
1: the Raiders definitely. You know. yeah. yeah. I mean, if yeah. Drew Locke is the is the next. So,
2: other than the AFC East, because I'm not letting you do that to the people. Why? why? What's the division? I'm gonna
1: tell you right now. If if the Patriots struggle and the Jets don't, that's gonna be the biggest storyline of the year. Sure. Yeah. But, but the Patriots never struggle.
3: Ever. Tom, Tom Brady's never been 42 before. We said that when he was 41. Diamond I did not. 40. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I
1: didn't. Tim, let me I tell you We're
3: big Jets fans. We're not going to win the division until you retired. We'll see. Tom Brady has worst season statistically of his career last year. That's fine. They still won the Super Bowl. That they did. <laughs> that they did. <laughs> it's just like I'm so cold and numb to it. Yeah. I'm just like yo, whatever, yo, just fucking retire. Like I'm. I, NL- you got it, bro. You got it. You got the division. I'll give you the AFC every single season.
1: The NFC North, I think, is going to be my favorite division to watch because That's a good one. I really like the Bears. I think they're the, they're the
3: Packers or the Packers. They're going to represent,
1: and I'm I really, really excited to see uh, Aaron Rodgers in something other than a Mike McCarthy offense. You're right. You're right. Um, the Vikings. I'm I'm excited to see what Kirk Cousins could do in, in year two. I'm decide, I'm excited to see Dalvin Cook, who was getting yeah. mad work when he came back. With facts. Good facts. Good facts. Um, And then I I really like what the Lions are doing on defense. I think they're going to have the best run defense in the league. I really do.
2: You know, we made a bet. I don't think you were on that episode of the Bears win total.
1: Nine and a half. You have over? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to lie. The fact that Vegas is the Bears at nine and a half is confusing to
3: me. Yeah, because they're probably going to win nine games. They won 12 last year. Yeah, but they had a last play schedule. I mean... So what they? I'm gonna
2: check they back. They also we, got. They also. I'm gonna check back ramp. with y'all with this research. Weekly check. They, they held the Rams For to
1: three points.
3: I listen, bro. I, from your lips to God's ears, Matt Nagy is an Andy Reid disciple. That's my guy. That's right. I was higher on the coach Bears. The I, year, I was higher coach? on the Bears last year than people were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen. I didn't start the year high on the Bears. It took me to like week two, as my guy Carlos at the gym says. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs>
1: Let's see. See, Let's man, see, that's how I usually am too. Like around week, around week four. That's when I get a real good feel for the NFL. Well, I wish fun. I could make my, my predictions week four.
2: Well, that's the thing. After the first month, you can no longer use last year's no, statistics or matchups or anything because at Facts. that point, you know who everyone is. Yeah. Facts. Like, like right now, I just did an episode for week one salaries on DraftKings. I'm basing all that off nine months ago. Yeah. That's not valid. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm literally just...
1: Educated guesses. Yeah. I mean, that's week one. That's what week one is. Yeah. Yeah. Until week four. Up until week four, it's all just kind of like guesses. Or or week five. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, folks. This wraps up our storylines, additions, subtractions. (laughs) We'll be back next week with some fun stuff. Tim, where can they find you?
1: At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Don't forget, fantasy season is just around the corner. About now, you should be doing your fantasy drafts or, or such. If you don't already, check out the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast at Brodo Fantasy. BrodoFantasy.com for um, rankings, uh, waivers, videos, articles, um, and a bunch of stuff. Uh, oh, and true throw values. Uh, a stat that you can only find on our website. So uh, check that out. BrodoFantasy.com has been, uh, been doing well.
3: Nice. Uh, you can reach me at IMPY718. You already know on Twitter and Instagram.
2: You can find me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, at Veterans Minimum, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to support the show, it's patreon.com slash veteransminimum. And we'll bam, catch you guys next bam. week. Later. Peace.